Are you looking to grow revenues, increase profitability, or obtain financing? If so, you came to the right place. Running a business is all about leadership. How do you become a better leader? Learn from the successful entrepreneurs and business owners how to lead your organization more effectively. That's why we created Leadership Live at 805, Talking Small Business, to help you succeed with your host, Andrew Frazier, Business Growth Pro and CFO and founder of the Small Business Pro University. Every Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern, we're joined by experienced entrepreneurs and business owners who share their secrets to success via live stream. Also, every Friday morning, we release a new podcast episode. Either way, you will learn about developing your business leadership skills from our roster of highly performing guest experts. Leadership Live is one of the many valuable resources provided through the Small Business Pro University, empowering business owners to learn, profit, and grow. Find out more at sbprou.com. Welcome to Leadership Live at 805. I'm your host, Andrew Frazier. Excited to be back with you. Always look forward to Tuesday evening because it's an opportunity to just kick back and chat about small business with some small business leaders, experts, and really just talk about kind of some of the things that they learned throughout their leadership journey that could be helpful for both you and me as business owners as we traverse our leadership journey as well. Um, each week we have a tremendous guest and you know someone who has a different area of expertise and has demonstrated different styles and uh, styles of leadership. And this evening, you know, we have John Harmon who's really taken his life's work as a mission to help black business owners um, throughout the state of New Jersey. And through that process, he's really done some great things. So very excited to have him on this is you know a little bit like james brown he's like the hardest working person in new jersey and um let me invite him on to the show now hey john how are you doing this evening i'm well andrew you know i chuckled when you said uh, one of the hardest working men in new jersey you know they say when you love what you do you're not working so mm -hmm. uh, I really love what I do. I love the people we serve, and we have an amazing um, staff here at the, at the chamber, and um, they make life a little easier for me. Okay, no, excellent. No, I, I definitely, you know, you have a great team. Um, I still don't know how you do all the events you do because it seems like you do one every week, but um, <laughs> you do a lot of things to support your members and support their success, which is really great. Um, Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to hang out with me this evening. And um, you know, really look, look forward to just chatting about things that could be valuable to other entrepreneurs and business owners as they tackle the challenges that they have and you know be able to better prepare for them and overcome them. Mm -hmm. Sound good? Well, absolutely. Okay, cool. So why don't we start out by um, just taking a few minutes to sort of talk a little bit about your journey, you know, where you started, how you got to be here. Cause you know, we've got quite a few people who listen in and, you know, we've actually, we're international now cause we've got a guest from Venezuela. 
So wow. um, we've got we've got a greetings from Venezuela. So thank you for for joining us. Um, well, well, you're telling the center some oil over here because the prices are, <laughs> are going up. <laughs> hey, well, you know, uh, I'm sure he'll he'll do what he could do, but yeah, know. that's fair enough. <laughs> so cool. So yeah, take a minute, talk, you know, share a little bit, and um, you know, then we'll come back and talk a little bit about economic empowerment. Well, I mean, my story is pretty simple. Uh, you know, one of seven kids uh, born in North Trenton, New Jersey, and grew up in a row, ho row home. Um, you know, uh, neither of my parents completed high school, kind of working class neighborhood and family. Um, I'm the youngest of five boys and two sisters. Um, I've since had a um, lost my older brother and my older sister. So now it's five of us, but uh, I'm the only one to complete college, but um, college was not initially on my radar. Uh, I wanted to be a, an auto mechanic and diesel mechanic. And I, I did achieve both. I went to school and I learned how to work on cars and trucks and um, kind of stumbled into college uh, a year after graduating from high school and um, went on to uh, completed junior college degree and then uh, went on to Fairleigh Dickinson uh, University and graduated there. And that really changed my life, Andrew. I was fortunate enough to be um, asked to interview for a, a management training program at a bank in New York. And the program was designed to um, produce bank presidents. The application, there were 151 applicants, I'm sorry. And um, I was selected one out of the 12. And, um, and through that journey, I, I, I worked in every aspect or every department of the bank. And the bank was subsequently sold um, after working there for about three and a half years. Um, and so I never fulfilled my dream of becoming a bank president. I worked at that institution for another year or so. And then I was tapped to work for a larger bank uh, which was Chemical Bank, which is now known as J.P. Morgan Chase. I ran um, long production for Connecticut, New York, and um, New Jersey. And I kind of stumbled in the Chamber of Commerce business. There were a group of Black people that uh, were um, looking to start an organization to help Black people in Trenton. They landed on a Chamber of Commerce. And I, at the time, um, was the 21st founding members, so um, that means that they had already established who was going to be in the leadership roles. And, and I prayed at each member, at each meeting as a chaplain. And um, the, the organization was founded in 97, 99. The president decided that the president at that time decided to do something else. I became president by default. So the point being uh, um, is that you can support someone else's vision and your value or contribution to that vision could help it become what that person originally envisioned it to be. And that was, that's my story. So I was president of the Metropolitan in Trenton African-American Chamber for 10 years. And then I founded the African-American Chamber of Commerce of New Jersey in 2007 
And uh, um, now we're in our 15th year. In June, to make 25 years that I've been in the chamber business. Uh, you know, I'm on a number of boards, the National Black Chamber, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, which really helps me to understand the chamber business, both from a mainstream America perspective, as well as Black America. And I bring those best practices and experiences back here in New Jersey. I serve on a number of boards, um, publicly traded boards. Investors Bank is one. I'm also on the board of um, Hackensack Meridian Health, um, Junior Achievement, Rutgers um, Business School. Um, the list goes on and on. I'm on the board of an energy company. Um, so I keep myself pretty busy, but through all those experiences, I've learned how to leverage those experiences to provide value for the members of our organization. Okay. No, that's outstanding. I just, I'm sure everybody now can see why you are the hardest working man in New Jersey. Um, yeah. So, you know, definitely hit on some key things. Um, you know, one huge thing, you know, I've got a son in college now and mm -hmm. education, education's like really different now and going to school and college and, you know, training programs and other things. Um, not everybody can afford to go to college now. And sometimes college isn't always the best solution. And you know, I know you guys have some training programs and other programs and activities that you partner on to provide opportunities to, have to young people. Is that mm -hmm. correct? Yes, and you know, in, in my little intro, I failed to mention that I own my trans own transportation company for 16 years. Um, and, um, you know, and I kind of followed in my father's footsteps for that. Yes. So in terms of young people, they represent our future. You know, we have a first book program that we started back in 2014. And, and since COVID, um, we have not been able to really distribute books. But, you know, in the span of maybe five years or so, we gave out, you know, over 500,000 books to kids across America and uh, across New Jersey. I'm sorry. Very excited about that. We have a coding program that we work with um, Bristol MySquid, who funds that program. We also have a number of sponsors for our uh, youth leadership program that we do with high school students, really helping position them, position them for their next um, steps in life. Um, so we're always trying to work to help that next generation. We, we have a number of colleges and universities that are members of the chamber. So we get an opportunity to engage with, with those institutions to share stories with young people, ask their questions and help better prepare them for their next journey in life. And, you know, when I was coming up, we didn't have access to the resources or an organization like the African-American Chamber of Commerce of New Jersey. And so that, that in itself makes me proud. And that's our way of, you know, giving back. We have two young, young, young folks that work here. That one is a senior in high school and one is in our first year of um, community college. And these two young ladies work here every day and uh, they contribute to the success of our organization. Proud of that. Okay. 
Excellent. Yeah, I mean, definitely young people are the future. And, you know, nowadays, sometimes they know more than us about what's going on, especially on the technology side. So uh, good to have some young, young people around. Uh, well, absolutely. So cool. So, you know, definitely want to get into talking a little bit more about economic empowerment and want to just chat with you a little bit about leadership. You know, you've learned a lot of things through your journey from school to corporate and banking to having your own business to running an organization and growing an organization. Um, tell me a couple of the key things that you've learned um, going through that, because, you know, that experience in itself um, is a journey. But what, what are a couple of the key things that you um, take away and focus on in terms of helping you be a better leader and be more successful? Well, there, there's a lot of things. And, you know, one, you, you have to be humble. Um, you know, God keeps me humble. Um, and I acknowledge that in my life. But through faith, you know, I believe all things are possible. And if you, if you have a plan, you've tested your plan, and the plan, um, the results of those tests say that the plan will work, all that's needed then is the faith, uh, the muster, the courage to get it done. Um, you have to believe in yourself. And then if you're managing people or have people reporting to you or work for you, you have to realize that everybody has value and they uh, uh, deserve to be appreciated. And you must show them that appreciation and make sure that you have a work environment where um, their talents and abilities or, 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 you know, full display and or recognize. Um, and, you know, you also have to be focused. <laughs> you can't be all things to all people. And um, you got to be relevant. If, you, if you're running an organization that has a mission, the mission has to be relevant. You can't be building a bridge to nowhere. So when we look at the 1.2 million Blacks in New Jersey, you're over 80,000 black businesses, and you see that we have the highest poverty, the highest unemployment. 93% of our businesses are sole proprietorship. Our net worth is $5,900 versus $315,000 for whites. And you happen to be the person that is leading that organization. You have to connect the dots and be able to show to the broader society that within that demographic, there's still people that have value. There's still people that need to be heard from. And there's still people that um, could make a difference to make the state more competitive. So it took me a while to fully appreciate the gravity of what this mission is all about. And, and you have to be ever learning. You have to be a student of your, of, of your craft. And so you got to read, you got to ask questions. And you can't fake it. If you don't know something, you got to figure it out. And lastly, you can't be, you, you must be credible. And you can't say um, something to one person and something different to another person. At the end of the day, it all comes down to doing what you say. Okay. Strong words and um, important words. I mean, those, those are things that, that are critical. Um, and, you know, the last one, credibility is key. 
because if you're a business owner at the end of the day people do business with you because they know like and trust you so if mm -hmm. you're not credible it's unlikely that they're going to trust you it's unlikely that they're going to like you and it would probably be better if they didn't know you um so you can start again so um you know all those things are key so now you you mentioned something important and i think you know one of the things that is key for me too is you know there's a big differential in the african-american community and i don't believe that it could be made up any other way than through entrepreneurship i'm not sure yeah. your thoughts on that but um you know talk a little bit about what entrepreneurship means to the community and why it's so important well i mean so I agree. Entrepreneurship is, is, is very significant, right? And uh, the other point that I may, may have left out is not about me. It's never been about me. I just happen to be the person that's leading the organization. But if you look back, if we're coming from this from the perspective of Black people, you know, we've always been entrepreneurs. We built this country. You know, 1863, we were emancipated. 1865, 200,000 uh, of our family members were later emancipated. But then, you know, 35, 37, 35 years after that, Booker T. Washington found the Negro Business League, 40 chapters between Maryland and Texas. That was all about entrepreneurship, free enterprise. That is the, 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 um, the way of life in America, capitalism. And so... Early on, uh, Booker T. Washington adopted that as a way of life. And a number of, of the students and or uh, participants in that model went on to Greenwood, Oklahoma to establish Black Wall Street. And you know the story about that. So, so Black people building America from an infrastructure, you know, all the major uh, public institutions in Washington, the Capitol, the White House, um, so on and so forth. Black men and women build those institutions. Um, Benjamin Banneker uh, laid out the, the grid, if you will, for, for Washington, D.C., was an astronomer. He, he had a vision. He, he looked at a man's pocket watch and then went back and, and carved out a replica at, at a wood. So, so, it's in our DNA to be entrepreneurial. Now, some people, as we um, matriculated through life and came up around the 60s, some people chose the civil service route. It was a little more safer, but they too was able to uh, create a middle-class life for themselves and get pensions and, and so on and so forth. So no matter which lane you choose, entrepreneurship or choose to be a professional or blue collar worker or a skilled worker, you still must have a plan. You still must save, you still must budget, you still must have a vision for you and if you have a family for them as well. So it's, it's you know, it doesn't matter which path you choose. I, I agree that if you wanna create wealth, the, the entrepreneurship path is probably the more uh, productive route to, to achieve that. But whatever you do, particularly if you're black, do it with excellence because there's a perception about you, about me, and others that look like us 
that we're less than, that we cannot um, meet the value proposition. We cannot execute with excellence, with efficiency, with innovation. And so that's that's my words back to you. Uh, we're, we're great when we just show up. <laughs> uh, but, but at the end of the day, we still have to live in a, in a world where we're, we're continuously marginalized. Mm-hmm. And, you know, definitely excellence is key. Um, you know, one of the taglines for my companies was the pursuit of excellence never ends because, you know, like you said, you have to continually learn and get better. Things are changing faster than ever. Um, and, you know, one of the things about, um, you know, even though we're talking some about black entrepreneurship, black business, business is business. So all the things that, you know, black businesses need to do, all businesses need to do. And mm-hmm. the primary difference that I've found is many times black businesses, as well as, you know, women businesses, minority business may have more challenges or may have to do more to get to the same place. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, from a business standpoint, you know, everything that John said are things that will help you as a business owner. So now we've talked a little bit about, um, you know, leadership, but, you know, as far as, you know, black businesses and just businesses in general, what are the key challenges or mistakes that you see them doing? Because sometimes you learn more from, you know, a mistake or not doing it right than from doing it right. So what are a couple, you know, what are some of the key mistakes that sometimes business owners make or that, that you have made and learned from? Well, I think, you know, the reason we established the African-American Chamber of Commerce in New Jersey is because we realized that black people have talent, black people have something to contribute, but many of them are not aligned with the vehicles that's gonna enable them to get the market with their product or service or get into the uh, right conversations with the people that have the resources or the opportunities and or information to contribute to their success. So in some, they have to invest in their vision. They have to invest in their business. So that means taking the subscription with organizations like the African-American Chamber of Commerce of New Jersey that can lend value. So corporations have lobbyists to assist them, athletes, entertainers, have business agents. These are representatives that execute things on their behalf, make introductions on their behalf. Uh, They're to nurture, to mentor, to support. And so I would say to you that that many um, black businesses are not connected to the, what I would deem as the axis that will lend to some success. And so we, uh, through the chamber and through our strategic partners or within our ecosystem, we're able to intersect. We're in, able to be the bridge to forge uh, those relationships that will connect you to the resources, opportunities, and information. And so there's some people who feel as though they don't want to invest or take a subscription because they, they want to go at it alone. And President Obama said no one's successful on their own. And so, and then there's sometimes, uh, you know, stinking thinking, I call it. 
we hate each other. You know, uh, if a black person is doing it or part of it, uh, maybe I, I'll go another way. Now, that's your prerogative. But I, I would think, I would submit to you, in my experience, that way of thinking is not productive. And that's not the type of thinking that we subscribe to here. I believe we're better together. United, United, United we stand, divided we fall. And um, so I, those are just a few things that I would kind of react to that question with. Okay. No, that's great. I mean, at the end of the day, um, nobody does it alone. You know, you talked about being humble. Um, it's critical um, if you're going to move forward um, and be successful. And, you know, you've had some tremendous um, success and made some tremendous inroads. And I, I still remember several years ago, I went on the walk to Washington and nice. that's an event sponsored by the New Jersey Chamber of Commerce. And it's, mm -hmm. it's really a walk to Washington where you're on an Amtrak train and the whole train is full of business people, politicians, movers and shakers in New Jersey. And you just network all the way down. You go to a dinner, um, huge dinner with the congressmen and senators. And then you come back doing the same thing on the train. I met so many great people. That's where I met Dale Caldwell and others. And I just remember there was a stage and there are like a hundred people on the stage and you were the only black on the stage. It was like, and it was, you know, it, it's great to see that you're, you know, you're able to be in places um, to represent and share um, perspectives and, um, you know, which is, which is important. Um, so definitely appreciate that. Um, you know, one of the things that you talked about is, you know, business people, need to make connections and mm -hmm. you know many business owners are a little bit timid um and at the end of the day you know your business is going to survive on your ability to market and sell so yes. you want to be successful you have to get over the timidity and right. you know, i would say african americans are even tend to be more timid than many others especially engaging outside of their normal community. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's why it's important to be part of Chambers. Um, that's why I started the Power Breakfast about 10 years ago. I can't, can't believe it's been 10 years, um, but we've had over a thousand attendees and, um, you know, really created, you know, over $10 million in economic opportunities as wow. well as help people get over $10 million in financing, you know, directly as a result of participating. So mm -hmm. what are some things that you do and your organization does to make the connections and help people um, be able to, you know, feel comfortable and do a better job at marketing and selling so they can be successful, more successful in business? Well, you know, one of the things, you know, a constant theme that plays in my head, and, and a friend shared this with me, it's not about who you know, but ultimately who knows you. And you must always keep that in mind. And you referenced me being on the dais at that, that event. And um, 
it's important that I'm black, no where I, no matter what audience I'm, I, I'm, I'm in, it's who I am, and I, I don't run from who I am and what I represent. But it's also important that once you get inside the door, you don't close the door um, behind you. Um, the, I am hopefully representing or positioning the next black person to succeed me or to succeed other black people that perpetuate what we've established. If you're in business and you want to be successful, clearly you can't go at it alone, but it's all about relationships. You must find relationships with those where there's a mutual benefit. It's not fair if you get everything out of the deal and they get nothing. Um, so in other words, if you have value and you can articulate value and or demonstrate that you have value in a credible, meaningful way, um, those relationships will come, but you have to put yourself in the way. So if you go to an event, just for an example, and let's say you walk in the, in the room and there's already 50 people in the room, um, Prior to arriving there, you should have had a goal in mind. Who I want to meet, or who, who, um, who would I like to meet me, right? It's not about you, but if you have a business or product or service, it's about that. And connecting your objectives with someone who could potentially help you realize your objectives and or if they have objectives and you can help them do the same, and, you know, the first million dollars is the most difficult. Just like the first relationship you make is the first difficult. The first kiss is the most difficult. That's what, that's what Chris Rock said, right? <laughs> but ultimately, they get easier. And the same thing about business. It gets, it gets easier. So you got to muster the courage. Listen, you got a product or service, you've made an investment to do this. They're not going to sell or execute on their own. You got to make it happen. Period. You, yeah. you got to shoot the ball in order to score points. There you go. And you know, one thing is, you know, sales and marketing is so important to the success of your business. But most business owners don't realize that that's their most important job, and that's what they should oh, spend wow. a lot of time doing. And even worse than that. Most of them never ever had any training or learned how to sell or market effectively. So they're basically right. out there winging it, and that's their right. livelihood. You know, are you gonna do? You, should you be? So you know, it's it's you know the things that you're doing, the things to help people be able to, you know, get comfortable, learn how to market and sell effectively. And right. I think you hit on the first part is you got to go out and meet people and have a plan to meet them. But, um, you know, one of the most, the, the, if you, if you only do that, nothing's going to happen if you don't follow up. And you gotta, you gotta, you gotta follow up your clothes. So, I mean, to that point, I would say 98% of the people, they get people's cards, they go back, put them on a the desk, throw them in the garbage, write on them. But if you don't follow up, 
Might as well stay home. The other point I'll make, and I'll let you go to your question. Let's say, and I see this a lot, you come to an event with three or four people, and you sit with those three people, four people the whole night. You could have did that at the house, right? You already know them. And so mm -hmm. you, you can have a strategy where each person takes one section of the room, and then at the end of the night, you get together, you exchange cards, you exchange information. But if you just hobnobbing with people you already know, you could stay home. Well, but those are the people who already made their millions and are making millions. So that's why they're hanging out with their friends. <laughs> well, that's no, what you're no, supposed to do when you've made your millions. Unfortunately, sometimes we get ahead of ourselves, but but yeah. that's okay. Um, but, you know, I, I think that, you know, we've hit on some key things. You know, we're talking about economic empowerment. Um, when you're thinking about that and when you're planning for the chamber, you know, what is, what is the most important thing that you, you see um, the need for business owners to have and what you're focusing on to help them do um, to successfully move forward? Well, it, it depends, you know, we have, you know, businesses that are relatively small, whose revenue may be less than 100,000. And so we have members that have, you know, if we talk about some of our corporate members, several billion dollars. We have black businesses that, you know, manage billions of dollars and have generate billions of dollars in revenue. So that, that question is all relative, depending on what the issue is. But at the end of the day, we're, we're working to position businesses for success, whether that means an introduction, giving them some technical assistance support, um, being an advocate in the, in the public domain as it relates to public policy, um, sitting down with legislators to help them better understand the significance of crafting legislation that's fair and balanced in, state, in this state and not demonizing business. So we're all about representing our mem members where they need representation. And that could be from a number of fronts. And I think, you know, everything's important, but it's just a matter of what degree of importance. Okay, cool. So, you know, there's, you know, two things that I want to hit on uh, that I don't, one thing that you've covered and you talked about how it's important to demonstrate value and mm -hmm. communicate the value that you uh, provide effectively. So that can be a little bit confusing to people, what that really means. Can mm -hmm. you give some examples of, of how that works um, for you know, certain companies? Because I'm sure you've worked with people who didn't quite have it together and we're able to help them have it together, even if it's just being able to explain what they do better. Well, you know, part of the value is that, you know, as I said before, said, doing what you say you're going to do. So if I come to you and I say to you that my company can provide a product or service 
um, more, well, let's say you're responding to a bid opportunity and they give you the scope of work, you in turn have to provide a response to that. And in that response, you'll say, our company can do X and we can do it uh, for this price and why our product or service is better because of whatever that explanation is. So you have to substantiate your claim. And I think that's part of that value proposition. If you say you can do it better, equal to or better than the next person at a, at a price point equal to or better than the next person, you have to demonstrate that. So this is not a complicated situation. It just comes down to really understanding the scope of work that you're responding to and respond in a way that's gonna demonstrate that your product service and ability uh, is commensurate with that that's being asked. Okay. No, that's great. I mean, you know, one of the things I think of when we're thinking about that is the, the three C's. Uh, mm -hmm. You gotta be clear, you gotta be concise, and you got to be customer focused um, because you know you you only have so much time to that mm -hmm. people are going to listen to you and they're listening for certain cues um i'm not sure about you but i've run into a lot of business owners when i ask them what to do 15 minutes later they're still telling me what they do but it's i'm not quite sure still so um, you know, oh. being able to be clear. Well, that's that's why, you know, there, there are people like you that provide that guidance, provide that service. So if, if we look through life and our society, there's always an opportunity and, and there has to be someone to fulfill that need, right? Or, or solve that problem or uh, eliminate that pain. And that's where the opportunities are. I was... I was at American Dream today over there in Rutherford. What, a, what an amazing um, facility. And as I'm about to exit, I see this um, young kid on this animal-like little ride and the parents is riding on the back and I'm saying, wow, why did I think of something like that, you know? <laughs> That person is probably uh, has generated a lot of revenue, but again, they 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 saw an opportunity and they came up with a solution. This this massive facility, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands square feet it is, but if you're a parent and you're shopping and you don't want to carry your kid or you don't want to be looking around to see where they are, put them on a scooter. And you can ride together. And the kid is enjoying the experience. You know who the kid is. You're bonding. So that's what business people do. They, they, they provide solutions. And solutions turn into revenue and profitability and scalability and, and employing folks and capacity. Okay. So I just thought that was interesting today. Just little yeah, things like that. That, that's a great example, um, you know, because, you know, at the end of the day, 
as a business owner, you have to solve a problem. You're solving a problem, either something that people need, want, or desire. And if what you're not offering is not any of those things, then you're probably not selling too much of what you're offering and you may need to rethink it uh, because that, it, you know, it's based on what the customer needs and die, desires and adding value around that. Um, you know, one of the things I teach people to communicate better is a 60 second commercial format, just because, you know, if you can't communicate what you're doing in 60 seconds, then it's kind of hard to keep people's attention. Um, so, you know, I set it up just like, you know, like a Thai commercial, you've watched the Thai commercials, right? Um, and really they start out with some kid who's muddy and they show the problem and then, or the need, they show Tide as a solution. They give, they give an example of clean clothes and then they do the um, hard sell, the soft sell with, with a great ask. And they say, doesn't your family deserve clean clothes like the way Tide can be? <laughs> Who, who can say no to that? So right. putting some thought into how you communicate what you do so it's a no-brainer to the people who need what you have. And um, No, I agree. You know, I absolutely agree. Yep. So, um, you know, great question uh, about what more could the government do to support uh, Black-owned businesses. But even taking that further, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We might be coming out. We've got a war going on. Um, you know, what should we do as business owners? And also, how, what role should the government play in that um, as black business owners and also just as business yeah. owners in general? So, there's a couple of things that come to mind. And uh, I'll speak specifically about New Jersey. Uh, one of the things that New Jersey could do as it relates to black businesses, something that they should have done a long time ago, incentivize black participation in public sector contracting. And uh, what I mean is the state should have commissioned and implemented a disparity study like New York to put goals in place. New York now has a 30% minority women on gold, which resulted in $3 billion last year of contracts to minority women. So that's one thing that the state of New Jersey could do. Now the state is doing a lot. I know working with the, the PPP program through the e, New Jersey Economic Development Authority, they, they work tirelessly to ensure that more black and brown um, businesses got grants, got resources. Uh, so that on one side, from a government perspective, I thought they did a great job. But to um, Andrew's point, you know, black people spend $1.4 trillion annually in America, but black businesses generate between two and $300 billion. So uh, we have a deficit in our own community of north of a trillion dollars because we hate each other 
enough that we're not doing enough business with each other. So I think that's that's kind of a two two uh, two prong answer. Government could do more. We have to hold government accountable. When is the last time you've been to a city council meeting and and ask um, your local mayor or your city council how much business did they do with black people? When is the last time you've been to a freeholder or county commissioner meeting? And that's the same. How much engagement have you had with state legislators on issues of economics? You know, if you're not a part of the conversation, you're definitely on the menu. And I, I would submit to you that we as black people in New Jersey and in America have to be a little more present have to be a little more succinct in our ask of what we want. But then not just ask what we want, you gotta back it up, you gotta show up. If 50 black people showed up at a local city council meeting in their town, oh God, they would think the world is about to come to an end because you're not that present. Um, so how can we allow four years to go by in our state and not have the disparity study done. And now we have cannabis come out. We wonder why there's only one black license uh, for a medical in New Jersey, because we don't have the policy that, that will support our equity. And so those are things that the African-American Chamber of Commerce advocate for every day. Every silo of economic opportunity that occurs in New Jersey, if we represent 14% of the population, give or take, we should have at least 14% of the opportunities. In New Jersey, we're afforded about 1% of public sector contracts. That's abysmal for a group of people that gave 94% of their vote to this administration. Now, I worked with Governor Murphy, I worked with his with his team of professionals. And, um, you know, we have a good relationship, but there's more that's owed to black people. And, and we're working with them as best we can to, make, to bring that to fruition in a, in a respectful way. But at the end of the day, we're not getting a good return on investment right now in New Jersey. Okay, no, that's, that's a great point. I mean, definitely it's, it's important to do that, um, you know, one of the challenges we talked about a little earlier is, you know, a lot of our businesses don't go outside of our community, and are thereby limiting the opportunities they have. Um, and you know, a lot of things you do sort of help to encourage that. Um, what do you find as the biggest impediment to um, people expanding outside of the community? Well, it's all about familiarity, right? People do business with people they know, but back to the early example, if we're spending $1.4 trillion, we're spending with somebody. And a lot of this being spent in our own neighborhoods. We don't own the local stores like we used to. We don't own the local restaurants like we used to. Um, and so that's a challenge by having that dollar recycle in the community if you wanted to go to black businesses. Um, so you, you need to own your community, but also penetrate other markets. And I think that's the point you want to make. Like, 
um, the United States is 5% of the world's population. So that means that there's 95% of opportunity and or people outside of the United States. And this is why there are a lot of folks who do business uh, internationally because there's another marketplace. So same thing um, for black people. You have to get out of your comfort zone. You have to go and do business with people who have the opportunity, whether they be black or otherwise. And that's what we've done at the African-American Chamber of Commerce of New Jersey. We have forced, we realize that black people as a whole are in a bad place economically. And therefore, we have to align with those who have the resources, opportunities, and or information to mitigate that underperformance. And I think we've done a great job with that. And we continue to build on our success. And people are joining and supporting us because they're getting a return on their investment um, through their subscription to the African-American Chamber of Commerce in New Jersey. Excellent, excellent. So, you know, one thing that I always hate is an hour goes really fast. Uh, so, you know, we're pretty much there. We've covered a lot of great stuff. There's a lot more things we could cover. Uh, so we'll have to have you back on the show again. But before we let you go, uh, if you could take a minute, I usually like to have guests share like three things mm -hmm. that someone should take away, a business owner should take away from this that they can start to implement tomorrow or even tonight if they're ambitious enough and they're a night owl night owl so just take a sec you know what what would be three things you say take this away and you should start doing this tomorrow well i think the first thing is michael jackson said the man in the mirror you, you gotta look in the mirror and be honest with yourself. Do you have the wherewithal to execute your business plan? If you don't, who can help you get in a better place? That's the first thing. Um, your, your, your business is you. So when, when you go for a loan, they say, hey, we need you to personal guarantee that loan. If you can't look that lender in the eye and be willing to personal guarantee that loan, they're, they're going to have a perspective about you. They may not say it, but it goes back to what I said earlier. You got to um, do what you say you can do. And, and lastly, always execute business with integrity because integrity is all people are going to remember about their dealings with you. Those are three excellent things. So basically, number one, you got to own your situation. And you're the man in the mirror that has to, or woman in the mirror, that you have to own your situation. Um, one person who I think was the best example ever of that, um, who became really successful because of that, is Reginald Lewis. Uh, I'm yeah. sure you read his book, but... Absolutely. He owned, why should white guys have all the fun, right? Why should white guys have all the fun? Um, but, you know, he he faced a lot of challenges, but just owned it and 
really fought as hard as possible to overcome him, and he did something that no one had ever done up to that point, which was really impressive. Um, if you haven't read that, you should, because that's a great book. Um, anybody out there in the audience? Um, number two, you are your brand. So, Absolutely. you know, you, you know, you can't separate yourself from the business. So, um, no matter how hard you try, <laughs> and, and, and uh, Absolutely. you know, if you're getting financing, you can't separate your spouse from the business either. So even if it's not their business, so just so you know, in case you try to get financing out there and, uh, cause we're running to that a lot. And then finally integrity, you know, um, at the end of the day, um, integrity is key. So John, you've shared some extremely valuable, uh, things always appreciate you taking time out of your business, busy schedule to hang out. And, you know, I look forward to you continuing to do great things and we'll have to have you back on and, um, looking forward to that. Well, delighted to be here. And, uh, the other one is there's no shortcut to success. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm delighted well, to be here. Thank you. Thanks for joining us here at Leadership Live at 805 Talking Small Business. Thanks again for tuning in. We look forward to catching you next week. And remember, at the end of the day, the more that you know, the faster your business will grow. Thank you for listening to Leadership Live at 805 Talking Small Business. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Leadership Live is one of the many valuable resources provided through the Small Business Pro University, empowering business owners to learn, profit, and grow. Find out more at sbprou.com.